How's everybody going? Are we all good? All right, let's pray together. Lord, we just thank you that we can come together. We thank you for today. We thank you for your mercies that are new every morning, for this beautiful new day that you've given us. And Lord, we just want to draw closer to you, to be in your presence more closely. So Lord, I pray that you would quiet our hearts and our minds this morning as we just um, hear from you the things that we've laid on my heart, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. We welcome you here. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here, angels and the whole family in heaven. We might worship and celebrate together our union with you, Jesus, with you, Father. In Jesus' precious name. We all said? Amen. Now, Philip was going to speak this morning, but uh, Jesus woke me up at 5.19 this morning and said, no, actually, you are. So, uh, um. It's actually a bit of a treat. My first Mother's Day sermon was my first sermon I ever spoke and shared. It was 10 minutes long and it was 24 years ago tomorrow. I think it was the 10th of May. What's the date today? Two days. So there you go, 24 years ago. Um, But I just wanted to share something the Lord, when we were away in Melbourne, um, we had a great time. Thank you for blessing us with that trip. We had a ball. We, we got whacked lots. We got uh, challenged up. We got stretched big time. Those who went with us will know that. Um, but it was great. Justin and Nancy, we got to actually share some time with them by ourselves. So that was a real treat. We got to have supper with them. And then um, Nancy made a beeline for Philip and had a share, and shared some things with him. And um, Justin shared with me and <laughs> so it was good so yeah I got I got uh Justin chatting to me which is never just a chat um but that was cool but but while I was away um the Lord just laid something on my heart that I like to share with you and he woke me up this morning and talking to me about it again so I want to tell a story first about a young couple and this young couple they met each other they saw each other from across a room their eyes met yeah, where's the violin, Anna? And their eyes met and uh, something, they just had connection. You know, they'd heard about each other through their friends and they, and then their eyes met and their heart started to beat and their tummy did flip-flops and they were like, you know, there's something here. So they became friends first, people. Friends. They, came, they got to know each other. Four months went by. You know, you'd, I always have a thing, a four-month rule, get to know each other before you get too serious. Four months. You can pretend you're anybody for four months, but after four months, you know, it's just too exhausting to be somebody else. So a real you will come out. There's some free dating advice, everybody. <laughs> so they became friends and then they became best friends. And then it turned into love. And they loved being together all the time. They uh, couldn't actually stand being away from each other. They would think about each other. They would write notes to each other. They would um, text each other if they're now. And uh, Facebook, they'd send notes, they'd leave gifts. They hated being apart. Now, so he proposes down the track, four months, you know. If it's Alison and Keith, it's three days, wasn't it? (laughs) 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 You rarely wrote the four months. Sometimes there is exceptions to the rule. (laughs) Six months after you, (laughs) yeah. But uh, he proposes, she says yes. They're so happy, they plan their lives together, where they would live, the places they're going to see together, what they're going to do, what they're going to name their children, where they're going to travel to. They plan a life and uh, 
They have candlelit dinners every night. They stare into each other's eyes. They just enjoy being in each other's company. Sometimes they go and have fun and do, you know, um, crazy things together. But other t- most of the time they just like being with one another. And uh, what they have together is more than enough. They don't need lots of excitement or anything. They just know that they've got something special and it's more than enough for them. Time goes by. They get married. They have the wedding. Life goes on. Uh, time, things get busy. Life gets busy. She gets offered a promotion. It's a business opportunity. It looks great. They say, yeah, let's go for this. It, you know, it's good things are coming into our life. She joins a few clubs and meets new people. And slowly they begin to spend less time together. They love their intimate candlelit dinners, but now they're not every night. They're only once a week. And time goes by. A baby comes along. He has to share his best friend now. He goes, oh, but that's okay because this is good. And uh, she can't imagine loving anyone or anything more than this little person that they've brought into the world. And she's tired and she can get grumpy and uh, so she doesn't spend as much time with her best friend. And uh, the candlelit dinners become once every three months instead of every night. And then they become every six months and then they're forgotten. It's something they used to do. The years go by and life is okay. More babies arrive, more sleepless nights. The kids grow up, other people and interests are part of their life now. It's not bad, it's just they have less time for each other now. That's understandable, isn't it? You get busy. They talk sometimes, but they both know they're not as close as they were before. The relationship has become a little stale. It's not as, you know, I just want to spend time with you. I just want to be with you. I just, you're, the, you're more than enough for me. It's not like that anymore. He feels like she thinks he's not enough anymore. And she thinks that, but she would never say it. She doesn't have to. Her life and how she spends all her time away from him says it all. And Jesus said to me, we can be like that. We can be actually like that. You know, the Bible calls us the bride of Christ. We hear about Jesus we become friends, then we be- hopefully become best friends with him. It's a loving relationship. He accepts us just the way we are. You know, he just falls, we fall in love with him and he loves us. And uh, we make plans together with him. Jesus, what do you want me to do with my life? Where do you want me to go? You know, we can travel together and God puts plans and hopes and dreams in your heart. And he's like, what is it that you want me to do? And um, he's the center of our life. We say, Jesus, be my centre, be the wind beneath my wings, all of those things. And we say that because we love him and we know what he's done for us, that he's forgiven us, that he's set us free, that he's accepted us and we have this awesome relationship with God. And uh, we say, look, I'll, I'll light the candles. We have these amazing times with God. We, we, t- we take times of solitude with him. We spend time with him. We read his words in the Bible. We worship him. We love gathering together. And... Uh, you know, it feels good. It feels great. We feel so much freer, so much happier. Has everybody been there? Now you know the difference that your relationship with him has made. But then time goes by, doesn't it? He was your first love. But now other things come in, other people. Your heart starts to drift away. We want excitement. We want other things in our life. And Jesus says, when did he become not enough? When did he become not enough? No, he says to us, just gather together with me. Just come and sit with me. Just come and have candlelit dinners with me again. 
just draw close to me and focus on me and I will come. He says that he knocks on the door of our heart and sometimes we just think that's when we first invite Jesus into our life. But you know, he does that every day with us. He knocks on the door of our heart and he says, let me come in. Let me come and sit down and dine with you. You know, put out the slippers for me. Set a place at the table for me. And I just want to come and be with you. And yet so often we can be like that young couple and just like stuff we used to do. We used to make time for him. We used to sit and just be in his presence. And uh, now we want excitement. When did he become not enough? He says when people needed to be entertained, when they felt that I was not enough. That's when he became not enough. When we felt like we needed to be entertained, this is boring just to come and sit and be with you. It's boring to just hear what you have to say. When you have to be entertained by God, by him, instead of just being with him. And the story of the young couple is a story of us with Jesus. It's exactly like that because it's a relationship. It's a relationship. And I felt his heart that he was grieved. He was grieved. You know, we often think God is the creator of the universe and he doesn't have a heart. But, you know, we're created in his image. So what we have and the feelings we have and the emotions we have, he loves us like that. And when we get so busy or we seek after other things or desire other things more than him, it hurts his heart. And he says, when did I become not enough for you? When did you need to have what I call the rah-rah to be happy? the excitement or the blessings, which he wants to give us. It's just like a loving relationship where you love that person, you just want to bless them, you want to give them, or you want to travel the world with them, you want to see amazing things. And it's not that he doesn't want to do all that stuff with us, but it's like, when did he become out here instead of here? I was going to take, I want to take communion with us, but I wanted to share with you um, the Jewish wedding ceremony because what Jesus did all through um, the Gospels was the Jewish wedding ceremony. So I want to share with you um, from a little excerpt from Here Comes the Bride about Jewish wedding customs and how they're significant to us because what Jesus actually did is reenact a Jewish wedding ceremony for us. And uh, I'm just going to get up to the point where he shares the cup. But uh, The ancient practice of taking a wife was just that. A man would take his chosen woman home, consummate his marriage, and he'd be his wife. uh, But there was a betrothal. The the father would actually choose the wife. The father would actually choose who his son was going to marry. It's just like the father chose Jesus to come and and, um, make a commitment to us that he would be close to us. And uh, set us free and that, you know, it's, and he says, I go to prepare a place for you. That's exactly what would happen. The father would choose the wife, the bridegroom would go and uh, come and, you know, do this ceremony with her. And then he would go back and he had to be away from her for a year because he was building a house for her. And uh, that's what Jesus has done. He came, he chose us. And then he went back to heaven and it says he prepares a place for you. And when the father said it was the right time and the building was ready, the bride's house was ready, then the bridegroom came and got his bride. And that's exactly what Jesus, the father chose us. Jesus went down and got us. He set us free and enabled us to come into relationship. And then he went back to heaven and it's a father's choice when it's time for us to go. 
But Jesus is preparing a place for us. And, uh, but firstly, there was a betrothal. It was a binding um, contract, you know. It was, it was a written down in paper. It was a binding contract. And the, and the young man prepared this co- contract or a covenant which he presented to the intended bride and her father. Included in this was a bride price, which was appropriate in that society to compensate the young woman's parents for the cost of raising her, as well as being the expression of his love for her. To see if this proposal was accepted, the young man would pour a cup of wine for his beloved and wait to see if she drank it. This cup represents a blood covenant. If she drank the cup, she would have accepted the proposal and they would be betrothed. The young man would then give gifts to his beloved and then take his leave. And the young woman would have to wait for him to return and come and get her. That's what communion is. It's actually that we've accepted his proposal, that we accept him as our beloved, that we accept him as a forgiver of our sins, that we accept that we are chosen by him. When we take the cup, it's a representation of we've accepted that. We've accepted that. And when we take it, we're saying we accept your proposal. We accept what you've done for us. And we drink it, it's a binding commitment. Remember we've talked about covenants, that that binding covenant is that he'll be for us and not against us, that he's got our back, that he's going to return for us, that he wants to bless us, that he gives us gifts. You know, take some time to look at the Jewish marriage ceremony because it's pretty cool (laughs) because it's exactly what Jesus did for us. So when we take communion this morning, I want us to think about what we're actually doing, that we're saying that we accept his proposal, that we accept his commitment to us and us to him and that we accept the gifts that he gives us too because it says we would, they would drink the cup and then he would give gifts. So it's all about a relationship. It's all about a love covenant, a love relationship. And Jesus just wants to be our enough. You know, it's not that he doesn't bring excitement into our life or, you know, joy into our life or that he doesn't want to take us places or bless us with things. But if that's all it is about what we can get, it becomes like that young couple where he realised he wasn't enough for her, that other things and other people and other pursuits had come in before him. And his heart was grieved because he knew that he'd lost her. So I just want us to examine our hearts and just go before Jesus and say, you know, if you've realised as I'm talking, ouch, I have been like that young bride who has let other things come in. They were good things. They were things that, you know, were opportunities and blessing. But when those things become before your relationship with Jesus, then it hurts his heart. It actually grieves him and makes him sad. Yeah. So let's just um, take a few minutes and just say, Lord, I'm sorry if things have come before you. You are enough. And if you feel like things aren't exciting, you know, it's like any, any relationship. You've got to spend time to get that flame back. You've got to spend time to look in each other's faces and to spend time with one another. To have those candlelit dinners. And Jesus is asking that we each do that with him. Let's take the bread and eat as you're ready and we're going to hold the cup and drink together. Let's just pray together. <clears throat> Lord, I, um, we just come before you. We hold this cup that is um, 
your covenant, your marriage contract with us. That you chose us. And Lord, we ask for your forgiveness where we've allowed other things to come in, other pursuits, other things that look more exciting than a relationship with you. Or we've, we've said on board that in our hearts we've actually said you're not enough. And Lord, we've grieved your heart because we're enough for you. We're enough that you would go to the cross for us, that you would be whipped and carried all the sins of the world that you said we were enough and yet so often in our life and our choices we say you're not enough and father we ask that you forgive us for making light of that and jesus we ask that you forgive us where we haven't spent the time that we needed to spend with you that we should have spent with you that we should have wanted to spend with you so I pray that you would captivate our hearts again. Like the first time we heard about you, the first time our hearts were engaged, the first time we leapt for joy at knowing that we were free, that you would remind us of those things. The first time that we realised that you'd given us gifts that we could use, that we started to see the plan and the dream that you had for us. Lord, that you remind us of those things. Remind us of the first love we had with you, And Lord, I pray that you would deepen it, that we would know that you are enough, that we would live like that, that you are enough, and that we would give you time, that we would give you time. And as we take this cup, it's saying that we accept your proposal. We accept your commitment that you've made to us, and we make that commitment back to you, that you are enough, and that you are all we need. You are the air we breathe, the song we sing. We love you, Jesus. Let's drink an acceptance of him and what he has given us. And one of the things in the Jewish wedding ceremony is that the bridegroom gave gifts to the um, bride and... uh, God has given us so many gifts and and sometimes we just need to be reminded of what he has given us and uh, listen up to those around you who say, you know, you're really good at that or you have a gift there or, you know, sometimes we brush aside what God has given us because we think we're unworthy or we think, oh, no, somebody's better than us. Um, You know, many of us can sing or play an instrument or paint or write or bless somebody and they're all gifts. And uh, don't, don't make light of the gifts that he gives us because it's just like if a bridegroom came and gave his bride a gift and we go, oh, no, 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 thanks, give it to someone else or I'm not worthy of that or, oh, you know, it's too much. How upset would the bridegroom be? <laughs> um, but the cool part about it is that we give to give, get to give gifts back to him of ourselves, of our time, of our energy, but also of what represents what we do in our work. And when we give gifts of money, that is a gift back to him. It's to say, I thank you for the gifts you've given me, the ability you've given me to work, to um, use the abilities I have 
and I want to just bless you and give a gift back to you. And that's really what a tithe is. It's just, it's just giving a gift back to him of saying, Lord, I thank you for what you've enabled me to do. You know, some of us think, well, I don't do much. But you see, that's just underestimating the gift that God has given each one of us. He gave you that gift. He gave you that ability. Even if it's just very little, use the gift you've been given. And his God says he'll bless it. But I want to take this time just to be able to give back to him a gift to him because he, he chose us. So uh, if you give online, just remember that as you hit the button. Thank you, Lord, for the gift that you've given me and been able to work, to be able to use my skills and abilities. And I give this gift back to you. But, uh, we'll take an offering up now. Thanks, Taj. It's a special offering bowl. <laughs> Jesus doesn't care about the bowl. <laughs> I know most of us give online, that's cool. <laughs> Shara, where are you there? Do you want to grab your guitar? I think we should just have a song. You know, sometimes we rush off too soon and just to let the word that God lays on our heart to um, just settle. Um, yeah, we're, we're especially good at doing that in the West. Now, I know Yong Cho, he often would say, you know, you, you people, you run off, too busy, quick, quick. And, and God has said something and it's like, you know, if, if somebody you love said something to you and you're like, oh, yeah, that's great, and off you go. <laughs> and we don't get time to just let the words sink in and let the, the expression of, of, of their heart sink in and uh, to look in their eyes and, and see what they're saying. So... While Shara plays, I just want to give us time just to look in Jesus' face and hear his words that he's saying, I want to be your enough. It doesn't mean that he doesn't want us to have other things, but he wants to be right smack in the middle of everything. You know, he's the ultimate quality timer. You know, that's his love language, <laughs> quality time. And uh, so, yeah, let's just let that he wants to be enough settle in our hearts as Shara just sings.